Welcome to Self-Published Success, a show catered specifically to the innovators and entrepreneurs who sought creative control over their titles, chose self-publishing over traditional, and found overwhelming success in the process. In this show, we will introduce these risk takers and ask them a variety of questions. Why did you choose self-publishing? What were your results? And most importantly, what are some secrets to success? Self-published success is designed to get your creative juices flowing, to get you energized and excited for the road to authorship ahead. So sit back, grab your trusted pen and notepad, and get ready to gain tips that will help you along your own self-publishing journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Published Success, a show that highlights forward-thinking authors who chose self-publishing over traditional and found success in doing so. My name is John Feldman, founder and CEO of Visionary Literary, and your host for today's show. We have another special episode today, a solo episode, which stems off of some findings that we have come across in doing research for an online course that we are putting together. So the numbers that we've found show a wide gap between people who aspire to write a book and people who follow through with it. So as we put this course together and did some research, we found that 81% of people want to write a book, yet only 8% of people actually do. Now, where these numbers come from? The 81% of people who aspire to write a book comes from a 2011 study. It took 10 years later, so in 2021, is when the finding that 8% of people who want to write a book actually follow through. As a publishing company, we want to know, obviously, we want to know how we can close that gap. We want people who have ideas to be able to write and publish those ideas for the world to read. But there is a disconnect there. The numbers obviously show it. So we dove in, did some more research, tried to find out why. And while there is no definitive subjective answer, there are some pretty common reasons that we've found. And mainly there are three. There are three main reasons why there's this gap. The first one is that the thought, and I mentioned this in some previous episodes, but the thought of publishing a book and having it available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any global retailers, people still, aspiring authors, people who are not as close to the industry as we are inside the company or anyone else inside the publishing industry, still have this sort of a preconceived notion that Publication is a path that is very limited. And again, this is slowly starting to become more general knowledge that publication is available for anyone. You don't have to go through that long, begrudging process of reaching out to literary agents, pitching, pitching agents, pitching publishers, pitching, pitching, pitching your idea before you even put pen to paper. I mean, that, that process in itself seems daunting. Which is why it's the number one reason why why there is this gap, because so many people just assume that it is going to take a lot of legwork, a lot of time, and is it going to be worth it in the end, which we'll get to in reason number three. But it's, it's not so black and white. It's not so cut and dry when it comes to this also. So the idea of self-publishing, independent publishing, is a lot more widespread than it was 10 years ago. It's starting to catch on more as more people begin to publish this way, but it still seems to people, once again, people outside the industry, it seems like it's like it's a a path that's destined for 
not necessarily failure, but for lackluster results compared to a traditional publishing path. So again, most people assume that when you get traditionally published, it's a success from the, from the onset, um, which is not true because obviously you still need book sales. You still need to go through a marketing plan. You need to do all these things on your end to make sure that the publishing company finds success in your launch. But going back to that idea, again, that self-publishing is becoming more widespread. People know, aspiring authors know it's there. It's an option, regardless of their determinations of whether or not it's a success. They know it's there, right? But that's, that's good. But then that leads into problem number two. So number two reason that we found that there is this gap is because people don't know where to start. They know that self-publishing is an option. They know they can take this route. They can have control. They can create their book and publish anything. So not knowing where to start, there are a couple things there. One, people are, aspiring authors are afraid. They have a great idea. Maybe they're not a good writer. Maybe they don't know anything other than writing. Where, how do they edit? Is it important to edit? How do they create a book cover? How do they design the inside cover? How, how do they copyright to create the description or the back cover copy. There are so many different areas to go. And when you know that there are self-publishing options, it just kind of opens up a world of the unfamiliar where you don't know where to go next. So you know self-publishing is an option, but you have no idea where to start. This is this is reason number two. And this is the, I mean, it's, it's the backbone of our company of this podcast as well. We want to help those who who aren't aware. Again, they're not sure where to start, where to go, what what is step one, what is step two, is anything, what, what comes in between each of the steps. There is, again, there's a lot to it. And I'll get more into that um, soon. But for example, writing, the actual writing process is, is probably only about 20% of the book creation process. And that number in itself is enough to scare many aspiring authors to think, wow, I still need to learn 80% of the process. Where do I even begin there? So again, that, that's reason number two for this gap. And, and I, w- I want to go into that a little bit more after, but I do want to touch on number three first, which is the fear that, that the book will flop, that the book will not be a success. So everyone has this idea that you know, I want to be a New York Times bestseller. I want to be on Oprah. I want to be in Reese Witherspoon's book club. Right. There's probably a fraction of a fraction of a percent of books that actually make it there. So let's talk about fearing that it will flop and then what constitutes a book's success. So when you're listening to this and you're thinking, what, what's the first thing that you think of when you think of a successful book? Right. We all, we all know a bestseller, a New York Times bestseller. It's bestseller lists. And, and I want to... I'm going to tread lightly here because I don't want to minimize anything that any New York Times bestselling author has done, but for that to be the singular goal for the million books that are published every year is going to lead 99.999% of authors to feel like their book has been a flop. If you measure the ultimate level of success for an author with your book, the, ch- the chances are almost guaranteed that you are going to consider your book a flop because it's not going to get where you want where you want to get it. 
this is why uh, New York Times bestsellers, Wall Street Journal, all USA Today, all great lists to be on. But for the most part, you need you need a traditional publisher or you need to be your own publishing company and you have to buy thousands of copies on opening week to get yourself on that list. So newsflash here, um, full transparency, New York Times bestseller lists, most are bought. A traditional publisher will buy 10, 15,000, 20,000 copies of their author's new release. And then that immediately makes them a New York Times bestseller. Their future books are already guaranteed to have New York Times bestseller on the cover. It's a process that not many people know about. On the other hand, for self-published authors, this idea of being an Amazon bestseller is attainable without buying tens of thousands of copies of books. On the other hand, there are 16,000 different book categories on Amazon and they're all updated hourly. So think about how many best-selling books there are on Amazon on a given day or a given week, given month. That said, with Amazon bestsellers, the good thing is that they're not so generic. There are 16,000 different categories. And when people search a specific category on Amazon, they want, they want niche. They want their exact book. So if they go into Amazon and type, I want a book to tell me how to start a talk show. That's very, very specific. The New York Times doesn't offer such niched genres or such niched bestseller lists. Amazon does. So if you can become a number one Amazon bestseller for your category, that's huge. Because anyone who is typing in the keywords for your specific book are looking for your specific book. They're looking for exactly what your book has to offer. Compare that to searching, you know, browsing the top 10 books in the nonfiction hardcover New York Times bestseller list. And, and you might look through 10 books and not see anything that catches your eye because they might be about different topics. All that said, lots of bestseller talk there. But the most important thing that you can take from a book and knowing whether or not it flops is the doors that open with it. And very few people know this. Everyone assumes, and that, that includes many of the people that have come to work with us. So everyone assumes that book sales, book sales, book sales, book sales. How many books can I sell? That that should not be, and it doesn't have to be, your your main concern when it comes to the, the financial success of your book. Because what does constitute success is, again, the doors that open with it. So if you are, if you're a fiction author and you want to earn more money without the need to push your book, push your book, sell, sell, sell. You can apply to speak at industry conferences. Go to you know Mystery Writers of America. If you're writing a mystery or thriller book, see if you can get on stage there or just a small breakout group. Also, other appearances and readings. You can make money in other ways, but you can't make money in those ways if you haven't written a book. For nonfiction, you can do the speaking engagements at conferences and appearances as well. But you also have, you, know, you can drive leads to your business. You can showcase your talents so that you can branch out and do coaching and consulting. You can, I mean, look at Tony Robbins. Yes, he makes millions of dollars on his, on his books, but think about what he makes, what he can charge for his coaching and consulting 
outside of writing based on what he's written in his books. You can also attract investors to your company, recruit candidates if you are highlighting the culture of your company. There are so many different areas there with nonfiction, but that's not exclusive to nonfiction. Fiction authors can also make money outside of book sales because they have written a book. So the three gaps there, right? Number one is that the, the idea that authorship is only attainable for a certain few. Number two is that nobody knows where to start. And then number three is the fear that it will flop. So the stats, again, that 81% of people want to write a book, yet only 8% of people actually do. These are the three reasons that we found are the, the key, the culprit to why, why there is such that gap between the 81% and the 8%. I want to go back now to, to follow up a little bit on reason number two, which is why for people don't know where to start. And this is, this is common. I want to, you know, it's why we started our company. Again, it's why I wrote our company book and it's why we're creating an online course. So our company, we, it's a high ticket item. It takes a lot of time. It takes anywhere from six, nine, 12 months, 12 plus months to create a book from start to finish and have it launched and published and promoted for a client. Not everyone can afford this kind of high ticket item, but that doesn't mean that their book is not worthy of being published. That's the reason that we wrote our book, your book on your terms, and released it so that anyone can still write their book. If they buy our book, it walks you through the entire process. But that's a little bit more time consuming. So now we've created this course, which is kind of in the middle, in between the two, which is a video version, a, you know, learn at your own pace, and it shows you through screenshots and videos and walkthroughs, demos, how to do everything. But this knowledge came over a decade plus of, of me really kind of learning and iterating and, and doing things. So, I mean, this journey started 16 years ago when I was in college and my late and great friend, Greg, he said, we should write a story. We should write a movie about our lives. Uh, we were in college and we were sitting on the, the porch and we were either drinking beers too early in the day or too late at night. One of the two, which was a, a frequent, but, um, we, I mean, that, that, those words sparked something in me that I, to that point, had never felt. So to me, I went to college because I was you know, told to go to college because everyone goes to college, but I didn't know what I wanted. I never, I didn't want to work nine to five. I didn't want to work my way up a corporate ladder. I didn't want to save 401k, all that. It just, it all sounded so daunting to me. Adulthood sounded awful. But then when he said those words, my, my eyes shot open and I immediately, immediately started writing. Um, if, if anyone knows who has listened to other episodes or browse any of my other old websites, you'll know that I wrote a screenplay based on our college lives and it was probably the worst thing that has ever been written. But that was my stepping stone. That was what got me into this industry. And from there, I, I learned, I worked. Um worked with so many people, got into, I went from screenplays to fiction to nonfiction to ghostwriting and, and everything just kind of came together. And it's just, this is 16 years of me learning the industry, picking up what works, 
discarding what doesn't work, and then obviously you know coming up with with our time efficient process that that we created when we started this company. But this idea of people don't know where to start is because it is there is a lot that's involved, and that doesn't have to stop you from starting. Whether whether you again it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you read our book, do our course, or are a client of ours. There's so much information out there that allows you to learn about this process. Admittedly, when I when I first started writing that screenplay, I'd never I've never read a book. Um, only required school readings, which again were you know short Cliff's notes, or I'd watch the movie over the summer before I had to go back uh, in September to school. But now I can't go ten or I have to read for ten or fifteen minutes a day. I can't go a day without reading. It's just I crave it. Um, and it's because I learned so much. It's because I care. And it's because people took the time to write books that they knew other people would care about. And and that's something that you can do. And fearing that you don't know where to start is normal, is normal. And, and that's kind of the reason that I wanted to broadcast this episode is because you are not alone in fearing that you know you don't know where to start or you're going to make a wrong turn and it's going to cause additional work. That doesn't have to be the case. So I want to make myself available through the material that we've created as a company or reach out to me on LinkedIn, DM me on Twitter, ask me questions. I, as someone who is constantly on Amazon buying books, someone who is trying to build up their library to something otherworldly, I crave the idea of of people writing books. And I, if you are listening and you have a book idea, but you have no idea where to start, regardless of the time or the money that you're willing or can invest, there are, there is a, there's always a path. There is a path that will work for you. We just have to find it. So 81% of people want to write a book. If you were in that category, but have not moved over into the 8% that have written a book, I encourage you use the materials that we've created Find them elsewhere. If it's another company, another person that you know who's trustworthy, it doesn't matter. Just just start. Just start and things will, will come into place. Again, it's taken me 16 years from my first putting pen to paper to be at the point where I am today, which is being able to help because there is so much involved. There is a long learning curve, but it is possible. So with that said, again, just to wrap things up here, I want to do to hop on here just again to share what we've come up with in our research to let you know that you're not alone. There are many people out there who want to write a book. And more importantly, for those of you who want to write it, there are people that want to read your book. I guarantee you that. So I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of their week, their weekend. And again, I encourage you to reach out or go to our website at Visionary Literary. Thank you for listening to this episode of Self-Published Success. We encourage you to put the tips and tricks you've discovered in this episode to use in your own author strategy. Please feel free to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on your preferred listening platform. Until next time, continue chasing your vision of authorship success.